The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And if you're new to DraftKings, you got to check this out. New customers bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code ROSS. That's code ROSS for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net in New York. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21-plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. It's the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Oh, yeah, it is. But it's not just any Ross Tucker Football Podcast because I never do that. I bring it every episode because that's what you guys and gals deserve. We are presented by DraftKings. You can check me out on social media. Please do, by the way, at Ross Tucker NFL, at Ross Tucker Pod. I think I'm going to I'm going to give the spread the word confirmation this week to somebody else that likes Facebook. Facebook.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. The wisdom today is going to come from Dr. David Chow at Pro Football Doc on Twitter. He's the guy that heads up Sports Injury Central. You've heard me mention it. The last couple days, it's just invaluable information. First of all, it's mandatory if you bet on the NFL or you play a fantasy football. It should be mandatory if you're actually trying to win. And then if you're not in either one of those things, you just want to know what's going on with your team, he knows how long guys are going to be out before anybody else does. We'll get to Dr. Chow momentarily because I got a lot of questions about Elijah Mitchell, Dak Prescott, TJ Watt. A lot of major injuries that have implications for the rest of the season. I want to know the deal. I go on all these shows. I want to know the information. Plus, I have a question I'm curious about, in particular, as it relates to the Dallas Cowboys. So, Facebook.com slash Ross Tucker NFL is how you can be the spread the word winner this week. Loving the sponsor confirmations that you guys send me. And I love sending you these glorious press passes that nobody else has. You want to talk about a custom cool item? Hit up Raycon or Athletic Greens or Symbol or Simply Safe or any of these awesome sponsors. Shout out to Ross Ward. Love a fellow Ross. He's our latest tuckhead at patreon.com slash RT Media. It's big show time. The big show. All right, Dr. Chow, lots of injuries that happened in week one that we need to discuss. And I got a bunch of questions for you. So I'm not even going to mess around. Check him out on Twitter, at ProFootballDoc. You guys know I follow, what, less than 80 people. One of them is ProFootballDoc. Another one is Sports Injury Central. So 
what is that? There's a decent percentage of the people I follow have to do with the information that Dr. Chow and his group presents. It's at SIC score, S-I-C score. So that, that way you have a great feel for how healthy your team is and how healthy the team is that they're going against. Then obviously the fantasy implications as well as betting implications. I want to start, Dr. Chow, with Dak Prescott. So let's start with this. What is the injury and how long do you think he'll be out? It is a fracture of the base of the thumb, almost to the wrist. It is lower than the Drew Brees ligament ulnar collateral injury that a couple of years ago, we were certain he's, he would come back at six weeks. This is a fracture, so it's different. So it's somewhere between Drew Brees' ligament, because it's thumb, and grip, and spinning the ball, and Russell Wilson's middle finger last year, which was a fracture. And fractures have to heal. And originally, I said six weeks, and media said six to eight weeks. And now... Jerry Jones is saying four to six weeks and maybe even no injured reserve and can come back. Uh, a Twitter follower tweeted this at me and I had never heard the word. He said that, and when I disagreed with Jerry saying that that was a little fast, he said, that's just Jerry spreading his hopium. <laughs> I thought that was interesting. And, but in any case, and I'm sorry to credit the follower. I don't remember who it was. But in any case, that's just not realistic in what. Look, people are going to get excited. You heard it here on Ross Tucker's show first. In about three weeks, a couple of weeks, you're going to see video of Dak Prescott throwing a football. And people are going to go bonkers. Throwing a football, testing it out, individual drills is not the game of football. Look, if this were, if he played almost any, if he played like you did on the offensive line, he'd play in two weeks with a cast on. But it's his dominant hand quarterback. He's got to grip it. And you can't splint it or cast it much at all to protect it. So even if he can throw dimes, which might happen as early as four or five weeks, are you going to be able to let him out there in a game where you inevitably hit your hand and thumb on a helmet or someone else's arm, or is he going to like avoid those throws when he's under pressure? Is he going to short arm those throws? And are the Cowboys going to risk a setback with a refracture dial back a handful plus years ago, Tony Romo went out there with a collarbone fracture that was mostly healed, but he rebroke it. So, those are the things that they're going to have to talk about. And I think it's still closer to the original six weeks, which would be October 30th against the Bears. I think that Eagles game that people are pining for is not going to happen. The guaranteed return date is November 13th after the Packers, for the Packers. All right. So one thing I think is interesting there. Now, you only ever worked for one organization, right? Correct. Well... 
Technically correct. <laughs> okay. Have you ever seen a situation? Because I okay, let, feel let me like clarify I that. have. I was head. I was head team position for the Chargers. I did work with the Vikings, and I had a small stint afterwards helping out another team. But basically, one organization. Yes. Right. Basically, the Chargers for what seventeen years, something like that. Correct. Okay. I can't think of many right now, Doctor Chow, but I know there are examples. I can't think of the specific examples, but I know that in my time as a player and even in the media, I believe that sometimes teams keep a player off of IR for hope. You said the word hopium. Maybe it's business reasons. I don't know. In your experience, have you seen that? Have you dealt with that? Have you perceived that of other teams that maybe a star player doesn't go on IR because they don't want the negative implications of what that means for the season, for their fans, and really for the business of the football team? I primarily work for one team. Like I said, three total, but one team. I'm not trying to, you know... You know, uh, I was an assistant, you know, with the Vikings, so I'm not trying to count that. I haven't experienced it personally, but remember one team, there are multiple general managers and multiple coaches, so there's other decision makers. But I have absolutely seen that situation before where, and we see it every week in terms of statuses. Let me give you a couple examples. And I always love coming on with you, Ross, because uh, and I hope the listeners enjoy this because I'm just having a conversation with you. <laughs> it's not even a, a, a thing. We're just uh, having fun like we do sometimes when we're on the phone. One big example is Carson Wentz with his back injury at the end of his towards the end of his Eagles tenure, when he had that spondy and, and stress fracture in his back. He remained on the roster. And every week I said, he is not going to play. They can't risk that long-term. And he didn't play the rest of the season. Another example might be even last year at the end of the season. Every week for the last four weeks, John Harbaugh would say, Lamar looks better. We're hoping he practices. If we think he's got a shot. I'm like, no, no, no. And, of course, the line would move later week when he was ruled out. And as you mentioned, betting and whatever, that's some of the implications. I can't even bet. It's not legal in California, although we have a vote this uh, this fall. And he was ruled out. I think that's another example. I'll give you uh, another example in a different way. And, and, and admittedly, when I was in the NFL, we didn't have short-term IR for four weeks, right? It was all or yes. not, right? And so – George Kittle last week, I said, this guy's not going to play, but he's going to lobby to play. So out of respect, it's different than the IR question you have. They made him questionable to leave hope alive that he could play on Sunday. And he did not play. And we've been saying Kittle would not play. Uh, but so it's not, I, I take the Kittle example for them. I'm not being negative on any of these players that I just named. I'm just saying that just the way that works out. Yes. This happens. And, 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 and Ross, this is my unfair advantage in the industry because I have been in the rooms where we talk about 
these issues with teams and how to spread the message and seeing the inner workings. Like you've been in locker rooms and other things, your analysis is just better in some ways, right? Having played the game. And I've played the injury game in the NFL. So hopefully that kind of answers your question. A little too long-winded, maybe. I'm sorry. No, no. That was my my favorite question of the day. Um, some other things I, I have to get to. You were pretty outspoken, I think, that you didn't think Chris Godwin would play in the opener. He did. But then he got hurt. So... Did the Bucks play? Is that proof that the Bucks brought him back too early? And how long do you think he's out now? Look, there is no absolute recovery from an ACL is not binary. It's not there's some magic date that they're now, uh, you know, uh, let's say a random date. It's not like September 30th, they're not 100%, and October 1st, wow, they're 100%. It, it just keeps ticking. So when do you want to play the guy? So a lot of times roster decisions are made based off of, you know, need, special teams need, numbers, you know, et cetera, situations. But also, and to go back to your first question, I think a lot of times PUP decisions sometimes are made off of what guys want to do, et cetera. Like Dobbins didn't go on PUP, but he's clearly not playing until October. Godwin didn't make it on PUP. Look, he practiced with a brace all training camp, got out of the brace, but was in a non-contact jersey the final week, before the week before the game. I didn't think he would play because I didn't think he'd be effective. Now, I love the fact that he did play. Why? Because one of the things we do at Sports Injury Central now, the first week, we're 7-1 and one on injury props for yardage, and Godwin was one of them. Because we look at a guy, and like, like Saquon, we thought was 100%. <clears throat> Ezekiel Elliott was fine. We were 7-1 and one on injury pots. But in any case, Godwin plays, and what do they do? They throw him the first ball on a, on a little wide receiver bubble screen. He does great. He runs 24 yards straight ahead. Well, you can do that with an ACL. And then I saw he got a lot of plays, a lot. It wasn't just spot usage. He played 80 90% of the snaps before he got hurt on his third target and catch. Now, I talked about this in the podcast. My guys immediately asked me on the Pro Football Doc podcast, so are you kind of implying that the Tampa Bay did the wrong thing and medical made a wrong decision and this, that, the other? I'm like, no, I'm not impugning medicine at all. I brought up an example where back in the day, the team said, we really need Antonio Gates. We really have to have him. And I'm like, but he's not 100%. He's injured and you're going to risk further injury. Well, how about 10 to 12 red zone targets? And we'll just run limited routes, and he's kind of a decoy, but we just got to have him out there. I'm like, okay, that's safer. That's what we agreed upon. Well, I, before the half, I look at our head athletic trainer. I'm like, he's on 28 plays already. <laughs> what happened to our plan? And he just kind of shrugged. And the analogy there is once you give your – no matter what you say about only go to the mall and, and back and, and be back by 10 p.m., once you give the keys of the car to your teenager, what's going to happen, right? Game script. I mean, what are you going to go? Go up to the head coach and, and, and OC and say, hey, 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 we only said this. You're, you're violating what we said during a game? I mean, it's not happening. And I see your smile and you know what I'm talking that's a about. Really, that's a really interesting story. Really interesting story. Um, got a couple of steelers I need to get to. TJ Watt. 
you know, he says he tore his pec. They say he tore his pec. I thought he'd be out for the year. Now they're saying six weeks. Explain. First of all, I thought it was really interesting that the great Adam Schefter jumped in on injury saying he tore his pec within seconds because I guess so there's a lot of lip readers out there. And I saw that. I'm looking at the video. I don't even know he tore his pec, right? Because I'm rewinding, look at the video, and I the, the command center, like, oh, he tore his pec. It's being, I'm like, oh, wow, you know? So it's interesting. But here's the thing. Even if he tore his pec, pec tendon, which is more common, he was never done for the season. Even with surgery with the pec tendon, he would have been back in December. Remember his brother, J.J. Watt, in 2019 with the Houston Texans, came back for the playoffs from a midseason pec tear. But in this case, it was pec muscle, which does not require any surgery. So you're looking at, if you're lucky, returning late October, but pretty certainly November. So that's somewhat better news for the Steelers. What about Najee Harris? What's going on there? Because I saw you guys tweeting about him. Yeah, I'm more worried about Najee Harris than than other people. Um, and the fact that it's now been said by the team that it's not related to his list Frank injury worries me more. Remember in preseason, his foot got stepped on. And we had no video, no way to corroborate. But late in preseason, Najee Harris came out and said it's a list Frank. You do not get a list Frank injury by getting stepped on. It was his left foot. This was his left side that was injured. But by our video in game that we published the story at Sports in Your Central, that looked like a mild left high ankle sprain. Najee says, I'm playing, I'm playing, I'm playing. But we, but so Dobbins said he was playing, he's playing, he's playing too. But if you look at Mike Tomlin's comments, he's much more guarded. I play in one fantasy league, Scott Fishbowl. I have Najee Harris. And as of this second, I'm starting Jeff Wilson Jr., who's my 21st pick in in round in the draft. That's well, that's a pretty good. It's a pretty good pick though, because Elijah Mitchell is out with the sprained MCL, so Wilson's the running back one. What can you tell me about Elijah Mitchell and how long to expect him to be out and how limited he'll be when he comes back? Well, that one we also put out in in game. It was very clearly a high-grade MCL, at least grade two. And our hope was no associated ACL or plateau fracture. And that seems to have come true. But he's on IR. He's going to miss at least four weeks. Beat reporters are saying eight weeks. Yeah, maybe. But it's definitely more than four. It could be six. Uh, reporters are saying eight and uh, and we'll see. But basically, it's an extended absence for Elijah Mitchell. But once he comes back, he should be fine. I mean, look there for when they open up the practice window, right? The three-week practice window, and then you'll get an idea when he'll come back. What about the Packers offensive tackles, Dr. Chow? When do you think they're going to be out there? Good question. And I know you're a great follower of the site. That was one of our bigger calls saying, look, don't worry about Alan Lazard at wide receiver and his unknown foot ankle injury from practice. Worry more about Robert Tanyan coming off his ACL. He played, he did okay. He was a little, you know, mechanical in my mind. But the bookend tackles. And remember, Rodgers has all these young receivers. David Bakhtiari basically hasn't played in two years. He had a cup of coffee in one game before the playoffs and, and couldn't make it. He's had three surgeries on that knee, that ACL, and he didn't play this week. 
even if he can magically suit up this next week, he's not going to be 100%. If he was that close to 100%, he would have played in week one. So there's still question marks at left tackle. Elton Jenkins tore his ACL last year and is still recovery. So look, even Elton Jenkins' case, if, a, if, if an injury takes you 10 months and you're not ready week one, which is everyone's target, what's going to magically make you 100% week two? Nothing. Could you be close enough to play week two? Maybe. We're going to have them on our field view once again is yellow-red. And this is one of the things that we've also said, look, we liked at the time before the season started the Vikings to win the NFC North at plus 240. And the Packers have some issues. Of course, that number is now long changed and plummeted uh, because of the of week one situation. But I don't know that that's a one-week situation. Last question. I saw where Todd Bowles was talking about Donovan Smith's hyperextended elbow. And he said, we might have talked about this before. He said it's a pain tolerance issue. I really dislike when coaches say that. It's not their pain. And a lot of fans interpret that as he can play now. He can play right away as long as he's tough. Why do we still have that in the nomenclature? Well, I mean, I guess you would have to ask Coach Bowles. Now, I will say by video, it looked like a hyperextended elbow for Donovan Smith. Maybe there was a forearm contusion. Now, what I said in game was it's possible that he could return with an elbow brace on, you know, a, a locked brace. He didn't, but hopefully my nomenclature is okay. I'm not judging someone else's pain. I'm just saying structurally it's possible that he could return and he didn't. Now, I don't know, maybe coaches are trying to send a message to their players. I, 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 I don't know. Right. I mean, uh, I'm not in that locker room, but I hear what you're saying. And the other thing is, I think, and I always say this, in order to return to play, you need three things to be to happen. You need medical to say okay. You need the player to say okay. And you need the team to say, I think it's a good idea, right? Any one of those three says no, then you're, then you're out. So, I, and the other thing I, it's hard for me to judge is players know what they need and what they can do. I mean, look, I had a, a tackle once. I can talk about this because permission, and, and he's a friend, a, a right tackle, forget a uh, hyperextended elbow. He tore his left triceps. And we were in game, and we put him in a stiff brace, and he just was a post there. He couldn't really even push, push off. And uh, after the game, I asked him, you know, How'd you do? He did okay. He goes, but if the guy just bull rushed me in the inside, he would have beat me every time. He just didn't realize he could do that, you know? And so uh, we told the coaches, hey, we're going to do surgery and we're going to put him back in that post in three, four weeks. You don't have to put him on IR because that was season ending IR back in the day. And the head and the O-line coach said, well, he can't play with a brace like that. He can't be effective. I said, how do you do in the game? How do you grade out? He goes, pretty good. I said, well, you heard it in the first quarter. So that's how we are able to, to get him back. So every player is different. Not every player could have done that. And you have to respect the game enough 
to be able to trust your player to know when he can go or not go. He's got to tell you. And if not, you probably need new players, right? That's what I advocate. You have to trust what they tell you. Check him out on social media for sure, at ProFootballDoc. You need to head over to SportsInjuryCentral.com. Sign up to make sure you're getting the emails. At Six Score is their social media. Invaluable information for you, your team, your fantasy team, and your bets. Thank you, Dr. Chow. Thank you much, Ross. Always fun to chat. Absolutely. You know what else is fun? Knowing that your family is safe and secure because the alternative is unacceptable. At Simply Safe, your safety is the only thing that matters. It's cutting edge technology powered by 24 7 professional monitoring agents who always have your back. So you know your home is safe. I, well documented about the two incidents. I've talked to you guys about that. What I'll say to you now is don't wait until you have an incident to make sure you have home security. It's not okay. It it takes away sort of the innocence that you have and the security that your family feels. It's great to get a security system and to add it, but you're a lot better off not having the incident in the first place and having the protection in place in the first place. And you can actually customize the perfect system for your home in just a few minutes at simplysafe.com slash Tucker. Save 20% on your Simply Safe security system when you sign up for an interactive monitoring plan and get your first month free. Visit simplysafe.com slash Tucker to learn more. There's no safe like Simply Safe. Tuck's takes. All right, Ross, let's start today with uh, Broncos head coach Nathaniel Hackett admits that he made a mistake kicking that 64-yard field goal on Monday night. Well, good, because he did. You know, I think if you listen to the Even Money podcast where Steve Fezzik went over the numbers, very clearly Nathaniel Hackett made a mistake. I am a huge believer in life. We all make mistakes. It happens. None of us are perfect. But what you can do and should do is own it, admit to it, and then move on. And then it's important for the other people that when the person does that, that you do move on. Takes. Terrible segue here, but the Colts are moving on from kicker Rodrigo Blankenship after he missed a 42-yard field goal and two kickoffs that went out of bounds. It's not a terrible segue. It's a great segue. I thought you were going to, I would have been like, speaking of moving on, the Colts are moving on from Rodrigo Blankenship after he cost Ross one of his teasers on the Even Money podcast by missing a, no, okay. So uh, listen, it's a tough business. That's why it's always interesting when teams give contracts to big, big contracts to kickers because they can be good. And then something happens with their confidence or whatever, and then they just kind of go bad. Takes. So you and Dr. Chow talked about some of the guys not going on IR, but here are a few that are Elijah Mitchell, Derek Barnett, and Trent McDuffie. Well, Barnett's Eagles the end rotational guy at this point in his career. He's done for the year with a torn ACL. Trent McDuffie's one of the two first round picks 
for the Chiefs, the higher of their two first-round picks. So that's a loss for them. Ducks takes. And finally, any other thoughts on T.J. Watt or Dak Prescott? Not real. I mean, huge news for the Steelers. Huge news for the Steelers because they're a different team with him. If he could be back in six weeks, way different than being done for the year, not coming back for 12 weeks. As for Dak Prescott, I think Jerry Jones is doing this for hope, for business reasons, doesn't want fans to give up on the year already. I'd be stunned. It feels like it'd be a terrible decision for Dak Prescott to play in the next four weeks, which means he should be on IR so they can use utilize that roster spot for another person, but they won't do that because the Cowboys, the Cowboys almost more and more are feeling like a business first team to me, meaning that the bottom line is uh, of money is more important than the bottom line of wins and losses. Let's get you an email, Brian. Ever wanted to ask an NFL player a question? Well, here's your chance. It's time to ask Ross. So we usually get to at least one of these on Thursday. I like when we get to one on Wednesday. I'm a big fan of your email questions because you guys ask good questions. It's good content. I like the engagement, the interaction, and I like that you take advantage of some of our sponsors that you can win something and you're guaranteed for me to read and respond to your question on the show if you take advantage of a sponsor. What do you got, Brian? What we got today is from Louis Monteleone. Question, Ross, what's your thought of Deshaun Watson and the Cleveland Browns doing a contract that in the first year Deshaun only loses a million dollars for what he has been accused of, not really hitting his wallet very hard, almost like a slap on the wrist. It seems to me by this contract they were planning for a one-year suspension. They believed it was coming. So should the NFL suspend him for another season in order to really hit his wallet? So they ended up fining him, Lewis. He probably sent this right before the suspension came down. They ended up fining him. So he did get hit in the wallet more because a lot of people were upset by the same, uh, but for the same reason you are, Lewis. Let's look at it from everybody's perspective. From Deshaun Watson's perspective, of course you're going to do whatever you can to minimize the money you're going to lose from this. From the Browns' perspective, of course, in their mind, you're going to do whatever it takes to get the quarterback that you want. And if that's the contract he wants, that's what you're going to do. So when in doubt, people act in their own best self-interest, right? And that's what's going on here, which is why I think the NFL did the right thing by finding him. I think it was was it five million or ten million that he had to pay up, uh, which is significant. Obviously, makes up for what they did with the contract. Shout outs to myfrontpagestory.com, the best gift you can give anyone. I got an anniversary actually coming up with my wife on Friday, so maybe I'll be hitting that up. Evergreen Economics, go-bangles.com, steakhousesports.com, humanheadnyc.com, sportaculture, and of course, Pizza Boy Brewing. Fantasy Feast Part 1 is today to help you set your lineups, whether it's DFS or season long. Even money, the bets are already placed. College draft, the bets are already placed. I think we're done here. 
Thanks for listening to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Fantasy Feast, Even Money, Business of Sports, and College Draft. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found.